0: You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's
1: a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right, let's go. What a piece of that championship,
2: put it in here. Hey guys, where else would you rather be?
0: Welcome into hour two of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the
2: Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540 639 4900, or text Rick and the show at 744 2990. And now your
1: host, The Big Dog, Rick Watson.
0: Gonna look like this here. Hour <laughs> <laughs> number two underway in grand style.
1: 639
0: 4900 line 744 2990 Ricket New River Radio. Message me on Messenger. Getting a lot of uh, getting a lot of great uh, comments about a very difficult topic that we uh, opened up the show with amid the uh, shooting yesterday at the Kansas City Chiefs Parade. Appreciate that. I mean, you can't always come on here and ignore what's going on. Um, And lots of really good text messages about nostalgia days and thinking about your own childhood about baseball cards, comic books, and whatever it might be. Good stuff. And, of course, the inevitable, whenever I bring up Andy Griffith on the show, the peeps run with it. So I've gotten all these text messages about Now, we've done this a couple times on the show, so it's not new territory. About Andy and his choice of... uh, Female companionship. Well, unfortunately, if you read something behind the scenes of that show, you realize that uh, Andy Griffith was not the easiest guy to uh, work with, nor to get along with, and he was very critical of his co-stars on the show. So he basically chased some of the folks off of the show. Miss Ellie being one. Now, she was on uh, Father's Father Knows Best, right? And it's bugging me that I can't um, get her name. So, Eleanor Donahue. There we go. I don't want to just call her Miss Ellie. <laughs> Eleanor Donahue. And she was going to be the love interest for a lot longer on the show than... A few episodes of season one. You know, she didn't even make it through the whole episode of season one. She had pneumonia. And she had to leave the show. After that. And she wanted to come back. She was supposed to come around and stay a lot longer than the one season. And they were going to, they had planned a lot of storylines with uh, Ellie and Andy for future seasons. I mean, in other words, she was going to come on and be right up there with Andy and Barney and, and Opie. She was going to be like one of the major headliners of the show. Um, so in other words she was written into the first three seasons of the show and she was only on 12 episodes and she never came back and Andy just decided to go in a different direction because at that point the show was a massive hit and he had creative control so they listened to him so then you had different folks come on and and then you had you know miss peggy many of you are (laughs) many of you are touting miss peggy as being (laughs) the one andy should have ended up with remember she was the rich she moved there she worked at the hospital i want to say she was a nurse right And Andy got all sideways because her dad sent her this really expensive car. And that was the episode where Barney was so great, rich is rich and poor is poor. Won't work. And then later you had Mary Swanson, who was also a nurse. That didn't last but maybe one or two episodes. And then uh, he settles for Helen Crump. Yeah. Yeah. Opie's teacher, Helen Crump. Nah, don't want Miss Allie. Good boy, can't wait to have Helen Crump over for dinner. But any anyway, event, good stuff all the way around. Uh, so fortunate I got to see Van Halen twice. I got to see them... Uh, during this tour, 1984 tour down in Roanoke, and then uh, later, a couple years later, the 5150 tour was Sammy Hagar. The '84 show was uh, much better, regardless what you think of him. David Lee Roth was a terrific frontman and uh, showman out there. I'm not an anti-Van Hagar guy at all. There are a lot of songs that I like. I'm not gonna degradate that era, but. If you're going to ask me if I'm a David Lee Roth or a Sammy Hagar guy, I'm always going to go with the original lineup. Right, that coronation rock was uh, that was the real deal. Better show, better symmetry on the stage. Many critics think the better songs came after Sammy Hagar arrived. With Van Halen. I guess that's up to, you know, your opinion. but ACC hoops last night on the inside. side. Notre Dame wins again. They ended their seven-game losing streak against Tech last Saturday. Then they come back and uh, beat Georgia Tech. Boy, must have been a barn burner, 58-55. And Clemson continues to flex their muscle with a late-season push, trying to make Rick Watson's prediction look a little better. Uh, they beat Miami. Boy, Miami's just falling off a cliff. 77-60 to 60 was the uh, final last night. Those were your two ACC men's contests and obviously a big one tonight for the Tech women against Duke. Kenny Brooks on the program. Tuesday was referencing the Duke game again. It's crazy that last year that was the turning point. This year, he feels like the Duke game down there could be a turning point. They're going to be fired up tonight now. The Tech ladies, I mean. I I mean, I wouldn't be a bit surprised tonight. I I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see Tech run off and win this thing by 20 or more points. I mean, I think this is going to be the kind of game they are going to just be. (laughs) Ready to come out and, to quote Jermaine Farrell, rock and roll. Let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? This is Chris from Runner, Rick. Hey, what's going on, Chris? How are you?
1: I'm doing good. Just uh, catching in and asking your thoughts about the Super Bowl.
0: Well, um, with Bowl. Yeah. Well, I I didn't want the team – that won to win, but you just got to tip your hat to them at this point. They are now the the newest dynasty in the National Football League, and you have to put Patrick Mahomes right up there now with uh, Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, I think he's still in his prime, and oh yeah, I think he's going past. I think he's going to
0: past Tom Brady's Super Bowl thing, rings. He's got a shot as long as he's with Andy Reid. I mean, with Andy Reid there. um yeah, that marriage has been uh, a beautiful thing for the Chiefs. Yeah. Also,
1: by the way, uh, the Hokie girls are playing really well too. Yeah, that's what we, we got just, a big game tonight against Duke.
0: Yeah, that's what we we're just talking about. Yeah. So,
1: I'm coming to, over your side of town on Saturday. I'm going to watch the RU girls.
0: Oh, okay. I'll be out of town. I won't see. you. I'll be yeah. down in High Point with the men.
1: Yeah. I need to catch a guy's game. I haven't catched a guy's game this year. Yeah, you should come RU. out.
0: You should come out tonight. I mean, they've got a home game on national TV. Plenty of tickets left. Come out and see them play. Winter, eight o'clock.
1: I hear you. Well, Rick, remember, nothing's funner. Runner. Correct. You know, you know, it's starting to get runner when you smell cow
0: poop. <laughs> hey, it's the best <laughs> smell in the world, man. <laughs> uh, Yes, it is. Wonderful.
1: (laughs) Well, have a good, happy Thursday, and uh, by the way,
0: happy late Valentine's Day. Yeah, you too. I hope you took care of your uh, your better half. I hope people had a good day yesterday, guys. I hope you took care of things yesterday.
1: Oh yeah, I took care of her. Got her some flowers, and awesome. She she uh, she, you know she did. Oh my gosh, they're so pretty.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: That's all you need. That means you won. You yep. won. <laughs> yep. I succeeded. So. You did. But anyway, have a good Thursday, and uh, hopefully the RU boys can do some damage tonight. Yeah, I know they, they've been struggling a little bit, too.
0: They have. They have. They need to turn it around tonight, no doubt.
1: Yeah. But have a great day, Rick. Great to talk to you. And You too, man. Tell, talk to everybody at the Big Dog. At the Big Dog and tell him
0: Big Dog, uh, little Chrissy said hello. I'll do it. I'll do it, man. Stay safe. All right, have a great right, day. You too, you too. Yeah, I hope everybody got their Valentine's Day successfully accomplished because I was sitting there in the uh, flower store yesterday. See, I called early. I learned this many years ago. You you can't just go in there the day of. Guys, I'm right there with you for years because we just don't care about Valentine's Day. We just don't. We don't. And – I'm standing there, and there was a line. There was, there was like five or six dudes just there. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I used to be you. And they are scrambling, boy. I mean, I was listening to the first two guys. They're walking around just trying to figure out, oh, my God, what, we, what do you got left? And they're like, well, we don't have as much. You, we don't have this. We don't have that. So they're just kind of asking people through the line, hey, have you been helped? Kind of, I said, yeah, I have, a, I have a call in. I've already... I've already prepaid. I just need to pick up. And they were so happy. And I walk out of there with exactly what I want. And those guys were looking at me like, Wow, you can do that? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. It's a great, it's a great discovery for us, guys. You can call a day or two ahead of time around Valentine's Day and pre-order. I know, right? Sounds crazy. But I did it. Yet again. And yet again, it was very successful. <laughs> Because, no judgment here, because I was that guy for many years walking in there on Valentine's Day, right after lunch, thinking, yep, I'm going to be able to load up here. No, we don't have that. Well, no. Oh, really? I can't get that either? No, no, we're out of that. Oh, people are pre-ordering. Oh, you can do that? (laughs) Yes, Selma was very happy. She was. She loved. She loved the uh, the arrangement of flowers that I came up with. Selma not a big rose gal, so you have to be creative. And you know, I get that too. If I was a flower guy. I wouldn't, I'd want more wildflowers than I would, you know, the uh, traditional textbook roses. Right? But yeah, I felt for those dudes yesterday because that was former me. You want to walk out as you turn, as you walk out of the door and the little bell above the door rings, you want to go, gentlemen, Godspeed. And just know, i'm rooting for you i really am all right we'll take a break we'll come back here on this thursday andy bitter evan hughes dwight vick second half of the program
1: This is Handsome Jimmy Vane, the Boogie Woogie Man professional wrestler. i tell all my people, listen to Big Dog Sports Talk, Rick Watson. Yeah, my buddy. Yeah. When you close
0: your eyes 25 minutes past the hour. The Jimmy, the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. <laughs> as soon as that came up, somebody said, tell the uh, broken window story again. All right. I don't have a lot of time, but yeah, the broken window story happened in the first run of the show. I want to say this was 2003, 2004. So you're looking at, wow, 20 years ago. Good God. Um, we were promoting an event at his wrestling camp, and um, he had a couple of the other uh, competitors in the studio and things got heated let's just say things got heated here on the program and i kind of felt like tony shivani at that point <laughs> you know <laughs> tony Shavati, i'll come out here every day you know i was i was that guy and then i'm telling you the barb started firing and then all of a sudden uh, a chair got picked up and thrown and it went through the uh, station window out here in front of the studio, <laughs> the best radio boss I've ever had, God rest his soul, Ron Walton, who gave me my shot to do a show like this, walked in, was listening, walked in to the studio, I'll never forget it, and I'm thinking, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> This isn't going to be good. Sticks his head in during the break. After they had left, and apologized, and, and Boogie, they'd already said, "Look, we're going to pay for this. Tell us, send us. We're going to get this fixed. I'm sorry, but Rick." I remember Ron comes up in that voice, Rick. Hey, what's up, boss? That was some really, really good radio. But that's going to come out of your paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? Come on, man. I didn't do anything. And I didn't. I didn't have to pay for it. Because sure enough, we had a a new window in there a couple, three days later. Had the old, uh, put the old cardboard box up. Fortunately, it was during the summer. And it was warmer. So you didn't have to worry about it getting too cold. (laughs) Had to put the old cardboard up on the window. Or maybe it was a thin piece of plywood, I don't remember, for a couple of days. But we got it fixed. So that's the broken window story with the boogeyman. Great stuff. <laughs> great, great stuff. Ah, the days. Those days. Anyway, speaking of great stuff, Andy is going to be coming up. We're going to talk some tech football and some sports and Did he find out that tech's getting a much higher ranking in one certain publication or website than another? We'll find out. Because it doesn't feel like to me, I've seen all these preseason top lists of schools. It doesn't seem like to me that enough people are looking at what tech has coming back. We'll talk to him about that. Evan Hughes will preview the big game tonight for the Tech women. I'll ask them about the extra motivation they have when they play this Duke team because the head coach talked about it on Tuesday here on the program. And we'll talk about Tech baseball. College baseball is here. Gets underway tomorrow. Radford's heading down to Georgia Tech. I think Virginia Tech's down to Charlotte. And we'll talk to Evan about all that. And then um, Dwight Vick. We can talk to Dwight Vick about, well, anything. And we will because not only is he the authority on tech football, he's got so many wonderful life uh, uh, conversations in him that just, uh, you go, wow, that guy is just, uh, he's, there's a reason he's the best. So our guest list begins with Andy when we come back, second half of the program. Hope you're well on a Thursday. Great, by the way, thanks so much. We got a ton of response on the text line. You can keep them coming in. Appreciate it a bunch. Ah, you know it's kicking on a Thursday when you got the embrulia popping up randomly. (laughs) That's for you, Wayne. You're out there listening. She (laughs) was warm. It is uh, 25 minutes for the top of the hour. We've got uh, Evan Hughes coming up here in just a little bit, along with Dwight Vick, but joining us now on the program, it's Andy Bitter. He is, of course, the lead writer for Texas Sodline. Andy, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing fine. How are you? Doing okay, man. Doing okay. And uh, You're writing about a lot of stuff, and you are focused on basketball a little bit. I mean, you're covering it all right now because we're in that uh, mucky muck of football season getting ready for the spring, aren't we?
2: Yeah, it's kind of a a dead period. Hopefully next week uh, sounds like some football stuff coming, so uh, maybe gear up a little bit.
0: Oh, good, good. Now you did find, and I've wondered, too, because I see all these uh, early, way too early, top 25 things before the spring. I'm not seeing Tech mentioned a lot, but you found one, didn't you? You found one that's got Tech um, pretty highly considered coming in, I saw you post it.
2: Yeah, it's the the SP Plus rankings by Bill Connolly, and uh, I like those because it's not just like an opinion. Yeah, it's there's sort of an analy- analytics uh, component to that whole thing, and you know he factors in past performance, recruiting, uh, returning production, and he kind of throws it all into one big pot, and the stew that comes out is the SP Plus rankings, and that had Tech thirtieth. Uh, now there are seven ACC teams in the top thirty, but there's none. Uh, you know, I think Florida State's the top team at number 12. Oh, wow. Uh, I can't remember right now off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, that's an interesting top group in the ACC. And You've got, you know, Clemson, Miami, NC State, uh, SMU's in there. Um, I'm forgetting somebody uh, in that top group. But, uh, you know, that's a lot of teams in the top 30. Uh, and, and that's a pretty good mix of teams, and for Virginia Tech to be that high, I don't think they've been that high in those rankings since, I mean, shoot, you probably have to go back to 2017
0: when mm-hmm.
2: we're talking about them being that high. So, uh, you know, that a lot of excitement about this program into the off season. I think that's just another thing to sort of validate that, because those, those rankings uh, historically have been pretty good.
0: So this is basically does Bill use a lot of analytics like you're saying? Just looking at some of the things you've talked about with the percentage of what's coming back on you know offense, defense, things like that.
2: Yeah, and he, he measures efficiency of how the offense is producing. I think uh, you know that takes into account uh, opposition that you're going up against, uh, not just whether you won or lost, but how you played in those games. Uh, so if you played well, you will move up. Even if you lose the game, so I, I like that kind of look at it—not just going, you know, black and white mm-hmm. wins and losses. You move up, you move down, like the polls would, and it's not a, a subjective thing. He, put, he puts a lot of uh, mathematical components into the whole thing, and you know, people will argue with him and Oh, you hate this team, you hate the Like <laughs> it's just the numbers, man. I don't hate this team at all. So it's it's sort of a Start cold, hard look at, at the teams putting some numbers together it's it's tough to predict now I mean you have to factor that in too is that you know so many transfers and guys switching teams and stuff that it's just how do you factor that kind of production into a new team but uh he he has tried to do that over the years and and like I said, it's a pretty accurate uh tool that he's created there.
0: Wow, that's fascinating, too. You just said, what was it, seven teams are ranked between 12 and 30 out of the ACC. So out of those 18 teams, seven are from the conference. That's impressive.
2: Yeah, I think it could be a good year for the ACC. And it might not be a year where there's a playoff team. I mean, I guess this year they are guaranteed to get a playoff team with the expanded format like that. But, um you know, it's not like there's a Clemson that's running out ahead of the pack. Or like last year, Florida State, which was undefeated, which didn't get them into the playoff anyway. But uh, th- there's not that team that's head and shoulders above everybody else, I think. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with quarterback uncertainty. With, you know, Florida State losing uh, Jordan Travis and bringing in D.J. Young away and how's that going to work out. And Clemson's quarterback situation is, uh, you know, not great club think has not been as great quarterback uh, since he's been there, as he's been touted to be uh, since coming in as a five-star guy. So, you know, with a little bit of uncertainty with those top schools with their quarterbacks and not having them, you know, really produced at the school they're at so far, I think that opens things up for the rest of the conference. Then you look at Virginia Tech with the continuity it has, you know, across the roster with its quarterback, with its coaching staff. I think, you know, it feels like there's a little bit of forward momentum with the Hokies.
0: And the one team, it seems like he really loves is Georgia, right? That's the team that he thinks is just the most loaded coming back.
2: I mean, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, makes I sense. Mean, I makes mean, look sense. at that team. Yeah. I mean, uh,
2: yeah, they didn't make the playoff last year, but, man, they could have done some damage if they were in the playoffs. I mean, that they, they go and they throttle you know, Florida State's JV team down there in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think
0: they
2: yeah, they lost at the wrong time last year.
0: Yeah, right. They played
2: their worst game of the season against a surging Alabama team and it kept them out of the playoff. But if they were in the playoffs, I mean, who? Yeah, I think they could have given Michigan a game.
0: He is Andy Bitter, the senior staff writer, lead football beat writer for Tech sideline. So, you know, Andy, I had a couple people want me to ask you. It's kind of cool. They say, hey, can you ask Andy this and that? What, what is your take how excited are you excited I guess I should say are you excited about the twelve team playoff? Do you see this as something that's going to give us well it'll give us more of a true i guess tournament feel but are you excited about the kind of football we're going to see or do you think maybe we'll have some you know blowout games and it won't be as exciting? What do you think
2: i I love it personally um and yeah, there'll be blowout games because there's always blowout games. I mean, you're always going to get that. Something, some mismatch is going to happen, or a team that gets in uh, shouldn't get in, or goes up against a team that didn't win its conference but is really loaded and mm-hmm. will blow the other team out. But I, I feel like the original sin of the college football playoff was that they had four bids for five power conference right teams. And you had to get Notre Dame in there somehow, too. And so somebody was always inevitably going to be left out every season. Now we're down to four power conferences. So it's maybe not the concern <laughs> it once was before. But, uh, you know, there's always the argument is like, oh, you know, this is the best conference and they deserve two teams in. These, these conferences play each other so infrequently at the beginning of the year that these narratives get set. And then you're basing it off of, like, well, they beat Vanderbilt early in the season, or Vanderbilt beat this team or whatever. You're basing out teams that are, like, 10th in the conference beating somebody else who's 11th in the conference. Right. Like, 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 in that setting, the narrative for how powerful these conferences are, like, I know that's not the whole thing, but it's just there's such little crossover between the leagues right now. Uh, and it's so early in the season that, you know, sometimes the team doesn't play that well early in the year, but really gets hot by the end of the year. I mean, shoot, did anyone want to play Arizona by the end of no, last year? No, not at all. I mean, that that was a surging team, and it, it would be really interesting if a team like that could get in the playoff. Then all of a sudden, it, it's not uh, a full-season resume, but it's how you're playing at the end of the year. And I kind of like that. And I know people say, oh, college football, every game matters like that. I'm like, that's not been the case ever. I mean, no. Look at last year, Florida State, whatever game, it did not even make the playoff. Right. So, no, every game did not matter. Exactly. Uh, in exactly. college football, but, you avoid a situation like that now. Florida State would be in the playoff. It could, you know, prove it's worth in those games. Uh, you know, the SEC likes to talk about how strong it is. Oh, we'll get four or five teams in the playoff. We'll see how those teams do once they're in a postseason format and have to play everybody else. Uh, you know, this is sort of a meritocracy. Once you're in there, if you keep winning, you keep advancing. So we'll see which which conference is really the best one and who can advance and. You know, sometimes I feel like there's more than four teams that can win the mm-hmm. national championship. You know, sometimes I think there's two, sometimes I think there's one and, and that will happen and maybe that will still be the end result. But I think getting to that result will be more legitimate when you have twelve teams like this and they can play it out. Plus the games will be fun. I'm gonna watch the heck out of this thing. I mean, all these games are going to be awesome. I'll watch every single one of these. You can set up a bracket pool and stuff if you want. Like We've never really had that with football. I just think it's a great idea.
0: Agreed. Agreed 100%. And now we see this big push for the expansion of the NCAA basketball tournament, which people are saying is going to be a foregone conclusion. It's going to happen in a year or two. Why do you think over the years, besides just, I guess, greed of particular parties, Why in the world was there always such a push against expanding the playoff like the FCS, do you think? I mean, you've covered this a long time. What were some of the things you've heard along the way that kept us from getting to this point now where it finally makes a little bit more sense?
2: I I, I mean, you're fighting against uh, an age-old bowl system and the way things have been done. You know, I mean, that's the hardest thing to break. Is like, this is how we've always done it. And until people see a different way of doing it, they, they're reluctant to change that, mm-hmm. and yeah, you got you know, a lot of old school members that uh, you know, commissioners that have been around for a while that grew up in that system, and ads and coaches that—that's all they knew. Uh, and now you're getting a little bit of turnover with that. And, and honestly, the thing that that finally changed all their minds is the money. And they're always chasing that money. This amateur, uh, you know, so-called amateur operation that they have here. Uh, you know, they're always chasing the, la- the biggest dollar out there, and this is a way to, to make the most money on this. So, uh, you know this is expansion that's going to benefit a lot of people in the wallet because uh, they're going to make a lot more money. But I think it benefits the sport as a whole because it, br- it brings the entire country back into it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Also, in every area of the country's football matters. Now, I, I say that with the West Coast being completely decimated of a conference of its own, but. Uh, you know, there's a path for Virginia Tech to make the playoff now. I don't know that there was in the four-team playoff. Right, that was really tough to get into that field. It you win the ACC now, you're in this field. You win the ACC before it wasn't a guarantee. You would have mm-hmm. had to go 12 and one or the 12 and 0 or whatever it was, 13 and 0 to get into the playoff in that situation. So now there's a, there's an outlet for a whole lot more teams in this whole thing. So I think that's more inclusive. Uh, I wonder how much this will help solve some of the problems in the postseason where players have been opting out. Uh, you know, they, they opt out, oh, this isn't the, the playoffs, I'm not going to bother to mm-hmm. play. We even see that in, you know, college football, the New Year's Six games uh, with Florida State and half the roster, it felt like, opted out of that game. That's one of the biggest games in the postseason, but it wasn't the playoffs. So now that the playoffs is expanded and there's 12 teams in this, are those... And, you you're, you know, you're technically playing for a national championship, trying to advance, it. will more players stick around and play in that whole thing? I don't know if it's going to completely solve that problem because, you know, the money is the money for some of these top prospects, and they don't want to risk it. But, uh, you know, I think that solves a little bit of that problem too.
0: He is Andy Bitter, the lead football beat writer, senior staff writer for Tech sideline as we're breaking down some of the things in college athletics and of course uh, the big thing still on everybody's mind we've been talking about a lot this week uh, continued concerns about the the nil and the portal and of course uh, coach locksley mike locksley there at uh, maryland said hey i had a third stream running back won a won 100 bucks you know hey coach come on if i'm gonna stay you gotta pay me and he said well see you let me ask you what i mean unfair question for you but how do you see this playing out long term with the nil to kind of get any kind of sense to this whatsoever
2: I I think eventually it gets to a collective bargaining situation. Um, I mean, that's what every court decision has has told these schools that they have to do eventually. (laughs) Every, every legal outcome that's happened so far has been the courts telling colleges that they're running the business and they need to act like it. Uh, And they've been resistant to change at every turn and they're, Oh, Congress, come help us. Give us an antitrust exemption, all this stuff. Just admit these people are athletes or are, are employees. Uh, that's what you have to do. They are employees. The amount of time that they're working for you, the amount of money that they're making this enterprise, Like you, you just because you say they're not employees doesn't mean that they aren't employees in this situation. That's what the courts have said over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So uh, before they finally admit that, and agree to collective bargaining, they're never going to get what they want, which is some control of these rosters again. Right? They, they want to be able to control these players not to being able to have the freedom to go anywhere uh, just on, like, a, you know, snap of the fingers. Right. Because they have a better NIL deal somewhere else. So, you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like contracts. So agree that these people are our employees, sign them to contracts, and then you can complain about the oh, this guy wants to up and leave all the time. It's so like, okay, okay, well, he's got a contract because he's an employee. Then, then I'll have a little bit of sympathy to your side. Maybe still not as much because these coaches are doing fine by themselves with contracts of their own, by the way. Uh, but until they get to that point, like, you can't keep complaining about this stuff. If you're going to treat them like every other student, every other student can move any time they want for whatever deal they want uh, at any, any point during their college uh, careers. Or, you know, time in college. So uh, until they make that distinction and go, these guys are employees, they're under contract, they can't move because they're under contract like that, then I really have no sympathy for the coaches that are complaining about stuff.
0: And and the union's coming too, isn't it, for the student-athletes? That feels like that's inevitable too, talking to people around the country and so forth.
2: It feels, I mean, you look at the Dartmouth case uh, coming up and that's, you know, private schools, so that only applies to private schools, but If that's the case that applies to the private school, what is it going to take for somebody to kick the door down to a public school to make that same Mm
0: -hmm. right? I mean, I mean, they're
2: all under the same uh, umbrella for how they're operating in college. It's not like the Dartmouth players are so much different than players at Virginia Tech or Alabama or Florida State, stuff like that. So, um, I just, I I look at these court decisions and, you know, what what can this country agree on in anything? (laughs) Yeah. In the courts, it's it's never a, a unanimous decision. It's always like five four or something like that. The courts are coming out unanimously against the NCAA <laughs> and how it runs its business, and that tells you something that you know what they're doing is illegal. It's not right, and they need to change it. And like I said, they've done it for one way for so long that they're resistant to that change. Well, guess what? Now some court's going to come along and tell you how you have to change it because you weren't proactive on that front. So, uh, again, I have very little sympathy for the NCAA who's fought kicking and screaming any kind of substantive change that they could have made to the rules to make this
0: a little more equitable. Yeah, you're right. They've suffered a lot of uh, baseball forfeit, unofficial nine nothing scores, haven't they? In those votes from the courts, they're getting shut out.
2: It's tough, and their whole their whole hail mary plan is to go to Congress. It's like, have you seen Congress lately? <laughs> the most dysfunctional body in United States politics. Absolutely, and that's going to save you in this yeah. whole thing. Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's it's mind by it. I mean, it's it's a nobody in charge situation. Even the NCAA president is pretty feckless in this whole thing. Huh. Uh, like that's the problem is there's all these competing interests and powerful athletic directors and commissioners pulling things one way or another, and it's like there's nobody just to take charge of the situation to make decisions, and that's what they've had for you know thirty plus years now It's just inaction, and when that inaction takes place, somebody's gonna take the action for you mm-hmm.
0: yeah, well said, well said. All right, Andy, listen, great stuff, man. Great to get your takes on all that. And like you said, you got some football stuff coming up here, so that's going to excite all the subscribers to the TSL.
2: Yeah, I think there might be a lot of football stuff coming at once. Yes. For the whole offseason, then they do it all in one day. So,
0: uh, yeah, look for that next week. All right, man, have a great weekend. Appreciate you as always. All right. All right. Great stuff. There you go. Andy Bitter. Yeah, a lot of folks chiming in. Andy, great job. Andy Bitter, the lawyer this morning. Yeah, good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. It was great. Thanks for the questions. We always try to hold those and... uh
1: saw you and you laughed You were sitting on a swing on your front porch Painting your nails like you were born And you yelled she was sure impressed with you
0: You, know, you can try to say that today's country music is better than it was in the 80s and the 90s, and well, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're just wrong. Uh, we are uh, coming back to uh, wrap up hour number two. Great stuff there from uh, Andy Bitter. Don't forget, in the 8 o'clock power hour. Evan Hughes will join us. We're gonna talk about the Tech Women's game tonight, sold out. But we'll also get into the uh, baseball season a little bit. He'll be the main voice on the call. They got several people broadcasting baseball this year. We'll get an update on all that. Don't forget, Tech baseball can be heard throughout the summer or spring, I should say, springtime. Here at uh, 101.7, Tech Women's games over in 100.7. So we'll talk to Evan about uh, all that stuff coming up. And then Dwight Vick here on a Thursday. Hope you're well. Appreciate you making us part of your morning as always. More coming up. Final hour on a Thursday when we return with Evan Hughes.